Well, good morning to you once again. It's lovely to be with you wherever you are. Uh, to be able to share God's word in this way is always such an incredible privilege. And I'm so glad that I can be with you again this morning. Uh, today we're going to be having a look at one of the Old Testament prophets, one of the minor prophets. His name is Habakkuk. And uh, I've just been having so much fun going through some of these, these minor prophets recently. And this message that Habakkuk has for us just grabbed me, so I'm excited to share it with you today. We have another exciting uh, innovation, if you would like to, on the website as well. We've recorded a few worship songs, which I'm hoping you will find uh, useful. I certainly love and am missing so much that times that we just spend together worshiping God as a congregation. And this, these few songs that we put together for you, you're welcome to enjoy as you worship God together with us. Um, so please, just on the same place you found this video or this podcast, you will find uh, those songs as well. Well, it's day 31, and uh, there's no apparent end in sight. Uh, for some, it might be very exciting. For others, it's obviously not so exciting. But I trust that you are doing well. I'm hoping that there have been no murders and no, uh, <laughs> no domestic violence and all these other things that could be happening, but that this time instead has been a, a time of real joy and perhaps even discovering those who are in the home living with you, discovering them and uncovering them more than you've ever done before. And if you're by yourself, I really pray that this time has not been a time of total isolation and loneliness. I do pray for you. I want you to know that I'm concerned for you. I pray for you, sometimes by name, very often just generally for those who are at Ebenezer. And my prayer is always from 3 John uh, verse 2, which says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. That's my prayer for you. So in this lockdown time, that it would not be a time of, of deep uh, unhappiness for you, but rather a time of, of uncovering who God is and perhaps friends and family around you as well. God is alive. God is living, God is active, and there is good stuff happening in our hearts, I know, and all over. Certainly for me, uh, if you want to blame anyone for lockdown, you must blame me, because God has certainly been uncovering stuff in my heart, stuff that's been buried, stuff that perhaps I need to deal with. Uh, the, the time that I've had to, to deal with issues has been wonderful. So if you want to blame anyone, you can blame me because I know that God needed to get me to sit quietly for a bit. Today we're going to have a look, as I said, at this prophet Habakkuk for some encouragement. See, answers to our prayers are not always the answers we want. And that's what we're going to find out in this book. And sometimes they're quite the opposite to what we were expecting. There's not much known about Habakkuk as a, as a person, but there's some interesting legends in case you're interesting, ain't interested. Ancient tradition suggests Habakkuk was the son of the Shunammite woman who was restored to life by Elisha in the book of 2 Kings. And still others believe that Habakkuk delivered a meal to Daniel while he was in the lion's den. 
But the Bible simply says of Habakkuk in chapter 1 verse 1, the oracle that Habakkuk the prophet received. So all we really know was that Habakkuk was a prophet who lived before Judah went into exile approximately 600 years before Christ. We also find him quoted in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, Romans, Galatians, and Hebrews. So he was quite popular with, early believer, with the early believers and the early scriptural writers of the New Testament. It's a short book. It's only three chapters, and I encourage you to read it at one sitting from start to finish. Today we're just going to be looking at selected verses uh, as we go through this book. Habakkuk was a man with many complaints against the Lord. And his interaction with God, I think, has much to teach us today. Chapters 1 and 2, Habakkuk complains to God, and he's answered. And he complains a second time, and he's answered. And chapter 3 records a prayer to God. Wow, what a prayer. So, let's start as we read his first complaint. If you've got your Bibles... Turn to Habakkuk, and I'm going to be reading. Well, we've already read verse 1. We're going to start from verse 2. It says, How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? I wonder how many of us have prayed that prayer to God. Just in the South Africa of the last few years, as we've seen a massive increase over the last 30 years or so of every form and description of crime and unemployment and all sorts of stuff that just seems to be happening in our precious country. wonder how many of you have cried out as I have, Oh, long, oh Lord, how long must uh, we cry out violence? How long? But you don't save. Let's put that in perspective. The total number of people in South Africa right now who have died from the coronavirus, and I don't lessen their deaths at all. Any death is devastating and, and horrific for any person, family member who has to endure it. But the total number of deaths so far from this, this coronavirus equals the daily number of deaths by violent means in South Africa. Yes, you heard right. Over 58 people, depending on what statistics you read, up to 60 people a day in South Africa, a day, every day in South Africa. Not just when coronavirus started or uh, the last few months, but every single day in South Africa, up to 60 people die by violent means. Man, this prayer of Habakkuk is for today. How oh Lord, how long must I call to you for help, but you don't listen or cry out to you violence, but you do not save? Let's talk about rape for a second. Depending what statistics you look at, again, between 15 and 30 seconds. Well, 30 seconds. Every 30 seconds in South Africa today, a woman is being violently brutalized psychologically emotionally and sometimes physically for the rest of her life damaged it's estimated four out of every 10 women alive in south africa will 
be raped at our current rape statistics. And then they still tell us only one in nine rapes is reported. Oh man, if this prayer was ever for today, uh, ever for any day, it's for today in South Africa. Oh Lord, how long must I call for help, but you don't listen. Oh, or cry out to you violence, but you do not save. Well, let's talk about some other violence. Let's talk about some violence over which the innocent victims have absolutely no say. On the 1st of February 1997, we have this fancy thing given by fancy titles that came into effect in South Africa called the Termination of Pregnancy Act. It's basically the abortion bill. Over a million babies have been legally slaughtered by taxpayers' money very often in South Africa over the last few years. Who's calling out to those, to those, for those poor people, for those poor babies, those pre-born babies who have never had an opportunity to be alive, never had an opportunity to breathe fresh air, never come out of the so-called safety of their mother's wombs, who most of the time are put to death by the will of their own mothers. I don't want to get into a debate today about this and that and the next thing. I'm telling you this one thing. Life begins at conception according to the word of God. He knows us when we are formed in our mother's wombs before we were even formed. And yet, in this country, it's so easy. In fact, the Guttmachter Institute has stated that South Africa has one of the most liberal abortion laws in the world. Oh, friends, if you haven't been crying out Habakkuk's, Habakkuk's prayer by now, I suggest you start. How long, O oh Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Well, it seems as such. Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save. Let's go on to verse 3. <laughs> this could be a long message. Why do you make me look at injustice? Oh, don't let's start on injustice. One evil, corrupt uh, government just exchanged for another evil, corrupt government. I mean, one lot of politicians just ex ex exchanged for another and will be exchanged for another and will be exchanged for another. And if you don't believe me, look at the entire universe, the whole world, and you will see every single political system and every single almost without fault, uh, political atmosphere that is, is just fraught with, with corruption and injustice and all the rest of it. It's not just South Africa. Habakkuk goes on to say, Why do you tolerate wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Verse 4, Therefore the law is paralyzed. And justice never prevails. Does that sound familiar to you? Think about the trillions. The trillions. I mean, those numbers are too big for me even to think about. Our esteemed president has just uh, announced a 500 billion um, relief fund. 
But think about the trillions, I don't even know how many zeros that is, has been raped and pillaged and stolen from our country and no justice has been brought. No one has been brought yet to face all of that, ink, that corruption and, and nonsense that's taken place. Habakkuk goes on in verse 4, he says, The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. Man, it sounds like Habakkuk was writing about South Africa. Don't you think so? I certainly do. It's been so meaningful to me just listening to his, his plea and his cry. And then the Bible shows us God answers. In chapter 1 verse 5, the Lord says, look at the nations and watch. <laughs> he sort of puts Habakkuk in his place. He says, I've got this thing all under control. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. Now, if I told you six months ago that in a few months' time, the whole world would come to a standstill. In a few months' time, all the air traffic would cease. In a few months' time, all the borders would be locked down. In a few months' time, people would be confined to their own homes, not to move about in the streets. If I told you that a few, a few months ago, you would have written me off as a raving lunatic. And maybe that's what Habakkuk thought when God told him this. Because he goes on to say something which is totally against the answer that he would have been expecting. He says in verse 6, I'm raising up the Babylonians. The Babylonians were the most, most ruthless, horrible nation of people. Violence and rapes and pillaging. and You can't even begin to explain how terrible the Babylonians were. And God says, God says to Habakkuk, in answer to Habakkuk's prayer for God to come and save them. In his answer, he says, I'm raising up this ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwelling places, not their own. And he goes on and on and on. Not the answer Habakkuk expected. So he does what any of us would probably do. He complains again. Let's go down to verse 12. And he says, Habakkuk says, Oh Lord, Oh, and he kind of tries to butter God up. That's what it seems to be to me. He sort of uh, flatters him. Oh, Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One, we will not die. Oh, Lord, you have appointed them to execute judgment. Oh, Rock, you have ordained them to punishment. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. In other words, haven't you made a mistake with your answer here? You cannot tolerate wrong. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? In other words, this Babylonian nation. Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? That's a legitimate answer. God, if you're so great, if you're so holy, if you're so wonderful, why are you using evil to answer my prayers? And God again graciously answers him. In chapter 2, from verse 2 down to verse 20, and basically says to him, and I'm not going to read it all, he basically says, don't worry, 
their time will come. That's kind of his answer. And then we move down to chapter 3. And in chapter 3, we see a glorious prayer of Habakkuk. I just love this answer. Culminating at the end with an unequal affirmation of trust and of praise. I love chapter 3. Let's just pick it up at verse 16 and I'll read it for you. He says, I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. So in other words, God's answer and what God was going to do, it was just like too much to endure. Uh, but, but there was an excitement because God was answering. Then he goes on and he says, yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. In verse 17, he says these words, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on to the heights. Aren't those beautiful words? Though everything is set to go wrong. Though everything is set to go wrong. Were these Babylonians coming? Yet I will rejoice. That's a choice Habakkuk makes. I will be joyful in God my Savior. It's a choice he makes. He knows the bad stuff coming. And yet he still makes that choice. Here's a modern translation for you. Though the lockdown has grounded us and robbed us of freedom of movement, Though our work opportunities are limited, as is our income. Though our pantries are starting to empty out. Though we are separated from our families and friends. And though I'm feeling lonely, or though I'm separated, though, whatever it is, you can add it in there. Because that is indeed what you are experiencing legitimately so with this COVID-19 lockdown. Let's go back to verse 18. Pick it up with Habakkuk and say these words. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. There's a statement of faith there. He enables me to go on to the heights. So what can we learn from Habakkuk other than its complete relevance to our lives today? Here are a few thoughts. Firstly, the fact that the whole world shut down can only mean that God is at work and probably in answer to the prayers of his people. We've been crying violence. We've been crying save. We've been crying how long, O oh Lord. Then God came. 
And I believe there's an answer. I believe this is part of God's divine plan for His people, His chosen ones at this time. Get rid of the filth. Get rid of those bad thoughts. Get rid of those disgusting habits. Get rid of those impatient times like I've had to deal with and I still deal with from time to time. Get rid of that stuff. Purify yourselves and get ready for the appearance of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This shutdown, global shutdown, is a God thing. Just embrace it and know that he's working something out for the good of his saints. Often the answers, secondly, to our prayers don't arrive the way we would prescribe. So trust him anyway. Stop the whinging, stop the moaning. And Paul, I'm speaking to you right now. Stop bitching about it. Man, I hate being locked down. Me personally, I can't stand it. There are people in hospital who are suffering. Someone last night went through the tragedy of losing their husband, not from our church, but somebody who's close to me, somebody I know personally. I can't get near them. I, I'm so frustrated, and yet I need to embrace this thing and to trust God anyway. Thirdly, it always seems as though evil triumphs over the godly. But you know what? It's not that way at all. Judgment time is coming. As God promised judgment for the Babylonians, God promises judgment for the evil in our society today. And if that evil is COVID-19, God promises judgment for it. If that evil is the violence and the rape and the abortion and all the other terrible things, corruption and the thievery and the, the raping of our, our, our public finances and the... I mean, our municipalities are in a total chaos situation most of them are bankrupt it's a disaster funds just being stolen and misappropriated it's a disaster and we're crying out to god listen here triumph over evil will always happen because that's god's plan it's gonna happen judgment day is coming Fourthly, God uses wicked people, wicked situations and circumstances to chastise his people. His people. The Babylonian army came down for the purpose of chastising God's people. This thing is to purify the bride of Christ. Jesus is coming, folks. Jesus is coming. And he's not coming back for a church that doesn't have the time of day to pick up his word, to read it and study it, who doesn't have the time of day to pray and to love him and to worship him, who doesn't have the time of day, oh, because I'm so busy doing this and I'm so busy doing that and I can't do this because I've got to do that. God has just calmed us all down. This is to chastise his people. This is to accomplish his, his purposes. Fifthly, God's plans are much bigger and far more reaching than we could ever imagine. We only see the now. We might try and anticipate what the then might be. Let me tell you, the normal will never be normal again. It can't be. Otherwise, we've got to go through this again because God has put us into this place of lockdown for a purpose of bringing about a change of heart. And if we go back to normal, we've missed the plot. Normal must never be normal again. 
God's plans are much bigger and far more far-reaching than anything we could ever imagine. Sixthly, we are to find our joy and strength in Him in spite of. Habakkuk said, even though everything's going wrong, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God. The sovereign Lord is my strength. You see the statements of faith over and over again. And lastly, with God on our side, we know the end result of everything. He will restore and he will exalt the godly. He will do that. There is a distinction coming between the righteous and the unrighteous like has never been before. Prior to this COVID-19, you often couldn't distinguish who was a believer and who wasn't. I'm telling you that after this lockdown, the distinction will be clearer. God is doing something. One of the key verses in Habakkuk, and the one that's quoted three times in the New Testament, is found in chapter 2, verse 4. And it simply says, The righteous will live by his faith. And there it is in a nutshell. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because everybody who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Again, chapter 2, verse 4, Habakkuk, the righteous will live by his faith. Are we trusting him? Are we loving him? Are we rejoicing in him in spite of? In spite of this lockdown, in spite of the loneliness, in spite of the loss of income, in spite of your concern for your staff who aren't going to earn a salary next month, in spite of, in spite of, in spite of, will I still live by my faith in spite of? That's Habakkuk's challenge to us even today in 2020, even today in the middle of our lockdown experience. So in my final conclusion, here's my appeal to you, my friends, each one. And it comes from Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. Let us not become weary. Let's not become weary in trusting God. Let us not become weary in being joyful in Him. Let us not become weary in knowing that He is our all-sufficiency in spite of. And then obviously let's not become weary in doing good to those around us where we are able to, obviously. Now I know lockdown has limited that somewhat, but there are other ways we can do good. There are ways that we can do good via WhatsApp or a Facebook post or a phone call or a word of encouragement or advice or something. We've all got access somehow to other people that we can still be an encouragement to. So in, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, the Bible says, we will re reap a harvest if we do not give up. Verse 10 says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. May we shine like stars in the universe at this time like never before. Let us pray together. Lord, we thank you for this little book of Habakkuk. 
Thank you for the challenge that it is to our hearts today. Thank you, Lord, for the honesty of this man who came to you and asked you in all sincerity. Thank you that you answered him, not once but twice. And even if your answer wasn't what he expected, I thank you for the lesson that we have in the way in which he embraced your answer and said, even though everything's going wrong, yet I will still trust in you. Lord, I pray for everyone watching and listening to this right now, that this would be our response, each one, even though, even though I'm depressed, even though I'm sad, even though I'm down in the dumps, even though I'm feeling constrained, even though whatever is going on, yet will I find my joy and my, my sustenance that my faith will, will put me to, to live again in you as you've told me through this book in Jesus' name. Lord, again, we pray for those who are ill at this time, for those who are unable to do what they need to do, for those who are fearful and tearful. Lord, thank you that you are our solution. Thank you for the peace and the joy that you give to us in the midst of our fiery furnace. We bless you with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.